his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. You have a son and an heir through God. Abba.
Will you pray with me, please? <laughs> um, dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing everyone here just to worship you. Lord, we give it all to you, always. And we know that you give it right back. <laughs> um, we are young, <laughs> and we know that. And we know that you have a lot of plans for our lives, and we give that up to you. Lord, amen.
thank yous, but what a blessing. Amen. Amen. What a great blessing. And I have to say, especially, I appreciate so much uh, all those who work to bring live music because worship is not always live music uh, oftentimes. And that's not a bad thing, but I love live music because it speaks of worship that God gives these creative gifts into our lives and our hearts and all these who've contributed Wow, again, wow. Well, I began thinking about uh, this summer. I was listening to these worship songs and listening to them, and 
uh, I began to think about what message I might bring at this point, especially in, in the setting of uh, our study of the minor prophets. We've been talking about the major truths from the minor prophets. And uh, I recalled something. Last year, I remember being in a Zoom meeting with a whole lot of preachers from around. Do you, do you remember Zoom meetings? And I remember when I didn't even know what Zoom was. I thought that was a Mazda, Zoom Zoom. And, uh, and suddenly Zoom was what everybody was doing. I was in this Zoom meeting. We were talking with pastors across the country trying to figure out, what are we doing? What's going on? How do we do this? And one pastor said something that really struck me, <laughs> very interesting. He said, uh, I'm sure glad the political season is here. I've never heard that from a pastor before. <laughs> uh, and then he went on and he said, and this pandemic has been a huge relief. And I, I you know, clicked the little button and said, well, what, why is that? And he said, uh, well, it gives the folks in my church something to argue about other than worship <laughs> styles. Some of you will understand. As I've talked with pastors over the years, you know, many times, and immediately all of the, all of the little Zoom pictures started nodding their heads. Yeah, we know, we know where you're coming from. Uh, because it's amazing um, when we talk about worship, Worship should be the thing that unifies us, unites us more than anything else. And, and yet, uh, in recent years, it's been the focus of debates and contention and conflict within the church. Churches have even split uh, over worship uh, matters and worship styles. And that's a sad thing. Um, and it's, it's an interesting thing. It used to be that the church would split over Biblical, biblical doctrinal issues and interpretation of biblical doctrine. Uh, they would get all caught up in trying to understand the Trinity or the Incarnation or something called complete sanctification or cessationism. And they would argue about that and then break because of that. And yet now it seems the contentious issues of our day concern Things like musical preferences and uh, do we have enough hymns? Do we have enough, enough of the heritage uh, and also have enough of the new song uh, that is coming into our hearts in the future, guiding us into the future? And um, it occurred to me that uh, as I looked at, at some of the things in uh, the minor prophets, the minor prophets don't talk about worship style at all, zero. Um, in fact, the Bible doesn't talk a lot about worship style, uh, but uh, the prophets did talk about idolatry. They talked about worship, but it was to condemn styles of worship that were idolatrous, uh, pagan worship practices. And the prophets dealt a lot with what I would call the heart of worship. If there's any one thing that I was hearing again and again, it was it was a speaking, uh, a voice about the heart of worship. And it's expressed in many different ways. You know, some worship makes a declaration to God. Some makes a testimony about God. Some worship uh, is, is educational and teaches us about God and doctrine. All of that is part of our worship. But the big thing that we hear in the prophets is 
making sure that our heart matches the acts of prayer, the things that we're doing. And, and the prophet spoke very specifically about worship when it becomes empty. Uh, I read a few weeks ago, uh, as we studied from the book of Amos, and the, the statement is so strong, it, it just sort of smacks us. Amos chapter 5, beginning verse 21, I hate, I despise. Almost as if God just clarifies himself. I despise your feasts. That was their worship. I despise your feasts and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. What you're doing in worship, I despise. Oh boy, we never want to hear that, do we? Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, we sang about that. Uh, uh, you sang about that tonight. Uh, even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. Wow. I mean, it's sort of stunning. Take away from me the, when, when worship becomes just noise and empty noise. And sometimes I think that when we get more concerned about, about the form of worship, and that's, pretty, that's a pretty big description, the form, that, that means the style, that means the tune, that means the structure, that means uh, a lot of those specifics. When we get more concerned about the form of worship than we do about our hearts in worship, God does not receive that praise. There have been a number of, of thinkers uh, and writers recently who have, have asked the question, have we begun to worship worship? Has worship become its own, well, really, idol? And if we worship the worship, uh, we're falling into the idolatry that was condemned. Jeremiah uh, wrote about it. Now, he's not one of the minor guys. He's a major guy, not meaning that he's more important but he talked about the heart. And he wrote, he, he said, Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices, because they have not paid attention to my words. As for my law, they have rejected it. What use to me is frankincense that comes from Sheba or sweet cane from a distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices pleasing to me. There's a point at which worship becomes empty when the heart does not match, when, when the word is ignored. When we ignore the word of God and then attempt to worship him, really we run into a stone wall. And that's the big thing that we really, really don't want to miss. And then we attempt to fill that void with what we think should be there or what we would like to be there. Sometimes we try to fill it with a feeling. If I can just recapture that feeling I had, and maybe it's because of this song or that style, if I can get that feeling or a particular experience. Isaiah talked about such worship offerings as vain uh, in the first chapter of Isaiah. He says, bring no more vain offerings 
Incense is an abomination to me. Wow. I mean, that was a big deal in the worship. When you spread out your hands, we just sang about that. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood, he goes on. What does that word mean? Vain. The, the Hebrew word is shav. Say that with me, shav. And, uh, and the vowels are in there this time. Right? So, but that's, that's the Hebrew word, and it means empty or desolate, useless or causing desolation. Don't bring to me an offering of worship that really invites desolation, invites emptiness. The NIV translates the word meaningless. You might remember that Jesus used the same word. When he was teaching on prayer, he said, and when you pray, do not use vain, empty repetitions. It doesn't mean that we should not repeat things. I learn things by repeating. Do you? Yeah. But be careful about repeating things to the point that they become empty and are vain. Vain, we usually think of as just kind of pointed to ourselves, but it was a lot more than that. The major truth about worship, I've been teaching on major truths from the minor prophets, and the major truth in my thought is to make sure your heart is right and then your worship will be fine. Now, it works the other way. If we're worshiping correctly, it will really help our hearts to be in the right place. Amen? We know that. They go together. So how do we avoid the trap of vain worship? I'll just give you a couple things really quick. Remember that it's all to the glory of God. I mean, I've just been around lots and lots of worship. When it begins to be about me, when it begins to be about us, when it begins to be a performance, we're, we're going to miss it. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And it's not about an experience. Some rich worship will have no experience or feeling to it at all, but it is rich, it is powerful, and it may bring some walls down. It's not about a performance. You know, I, I love that we, I really do love that we applaud. I, and I, I know that at least a lot of us in our hearts are applauding what God is doing in these young people that I see sitting across that back row. And the things that they've worked on all summer, it's just so powerful, but it's not a performance. We perform in a lot of different places, but, uh, but not here. Worship brings comfort, but it's not focused on our comfort. Sometimes I talk to people and they say, well, I love this set of songs or this set of hymns because it gives me comfort. I understand that. But also we need to know that it's about praising God. Sometimes I talk to someone, they'll say, well, I just didn't like that worship. And you know the most honest answer to that? Some of you do. It wasn't for you. <laughs> it was for him. And I love the song. I, I, I never heard that song that talks about I want to know what moves you because it's not about what moves me. I want to know what moves you. And, and that's not about getting our way. It's just, I want to connect with you, God, in your heart. Worship is focused on him. And worship declares the worship of our creator and its fundamental meaning. 
Worship is declaring the worship of our creator to be our one Lord and total focus. A lot of us have loved the song by Matt Redman, Heart of Worship. And the chorus, I won't go through the whole thing. It's just a marvelous song because it came at a time of this, this sort of reckoning in, in his heart and life. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus, this declaration. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. And at different times, I think we've all made it something that it wasn't supposed to be. I'm sorry. It's confessional. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And I am so grateful. Thank you, uh, all of you leaders who worked and brought, and all of you young people, young voices, young hearts who brought to us these messages. I'm excited. I'm excited for this whole weekend because we get to enjoy and be blessed by this several times. And so let's, let's pray for this weekend together. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for the gift of worship that you gave us this broad and vast way of living life that honors you, that glorifies you. And these times when we gather to sing and lift our hearts and lift our voices, other times when we are silent before you, other times in which uh, we pursue you in word, We make declarations and testimony, but most of all, we connect with you and we find power in those moments. God, may we be a more more power-filled church body because of the worship you draw us, invite us into. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we do want to remind you that um, we have opportunities for tithes and offerings, and uh, I have those listed up there. And yes, come on up. <laughs> I just wanted to, to say that. And uh, Kristen, thank you so much. Hey, I'm going to give some thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> thank you. More thank you. Thank you. Um, it's not about me. Love it. Um, so I just have a couple thank yous. First of all, I want to thank God and I want to thank our pastors um, for giving me this opportunity. And I also want to thank Jared Weber. Um, he built everything on stage that you see. Um, so he is absolutely amazing. Could not have done this without him. I want to thank Ashton Taklak as well. Um, both of them really helped me get through this. I'm <laughs> really serious. Um, I want to thank the band. Um, this, we had a live band all tonight for the whole thing, and I, I don't know if that's the first time we've ever done something like that, but it is a bear. And they are just so amazing and so talented and just so eager um, to serve, and I really love that. And I, Pastor Paul, dude, you rock. You are the man, and absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Um, and I want to thank the parents for bringing your kids to rehearsals and picking them up and giving them dinner and just really, really dedicating your time as well as theirs. And all of you, I wanna thank you so much for coming and worshiping with us. It means so much. Thank you so much. Amen, amen. Let's stand as we get ready to go. We're so blessed. I hope you'll spread the word and invite others to come and share in this marvelous uh, weekend of worship and worship celebration. We're doing something a little bit different. Uh, We're not gonna, 
um, converge as a, a greeting out in the lobby. We're trying to not create congested areas, so I'll invite you to just kind of take your time. I know you're going to want to uh, congratulate and, and uh, greet them, uh, but we're, we're trying to avoid anything that would be too much of a congestion. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we'd love to meet you, and uh, we'll be over at this table to your left where the lamp is lit. Let us go forth with a heart of worship. And let us go forth to declare the praise, the honor, the glory of our Lord everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.